So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Okay, 101 Free Ways to Create Real Estate Leads by Noreen Williams. Gave it a five-star. Much more than 101 amazing imaginative ideas. Can't wait to implement some of those. Five stars, 101 Free Ways to Create Real Estate Leads. Thank you, and congratulations on your graduation from the course, Noreen. And... uh, Anyone listening, you can get uh, access to this course and all other courses there. Over $13,000 of courses for $7. Seven-day trial. Just go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first. And then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we got a super guest today. Man, I'm excited about this. We already started talking before the show, and I'm like, dude, we need to record this. (laughs) This is some good stuff. We need to just, I need to hit the record button. But I got Nick Crowder on the phone, and Nick's out of Portland, Oregon, crushing it. (laughs) In his own right there, got a lot of things going. We're going to talk about that. But uh, Nick is also an expert in something really cool and dear to my heart, which is agents buying each other's businesses. And probably this is happening today more than ever before in the history of real estate sales, agents, small brokerages, boutiques, teams, which, which I definitely want to talk about, selling to other teams and that sort of thing. And uh, and we're going to get deep on this, so hold on tight. So, Nick, hey, listen, and by the way, Nick was on, but man, he was on a long-ass time ago. He was on 216, so way over 500 episodes ago, Nick was on. So, uh, anyways, Nick, hey, welcome back. Good to see you, buddy. It's like really good to see you. Thank you so much for uh, having me back, and congrats on uh, you know all those episodes. That's a lot of you know value and information you're sharing, so that I know that's not a small task, so I, I appreciate you having me on and, and doing what you're doing for the community out there. Hey, my pleasure. Listen, uh, so, hey, Nick, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they could get to know you better? Sure. So, quick story. I, uh, I moved to Portland in 2005. I used to work in the music business, and I got into real estate not really knowing hardly anyone in Portland, and I didn't know the business. I was a baby rookie agent. Started out in 2006 and here we are uh, 2019, 13 years later. Sold a little over $300 million of the real estate. Have a great team now here in Portland. Uh, We've expanded into commercial and investment real estate over about the last five years. Uh, So we have dedicated agents for commercial and then a wing of our team for residential. And we're consistently in the top 15 in the state of Oregon and uh, do anywhere between 40 and 60 million in sales. You know, our goal is to be number one in the state. And that is on my shoulders to recruit more agents and uh, continue to build our opportunities for our business. So that's what I've been working on. 
recruit, recruit. Well, well, awesome. <laughs> well, we, that's a big theme this year, recruit and retain, obviously. Uh, yeah. You'll have to definitely get our new product, Retoot, uh, which, by the way, guys, is, is uh, we've already got 40 students in there. Retoot at rebusuniversity.com. Just put in LT75 and get 75% off, and that will be for you too, Nick, by the way, if you want to get that and, awesome. and Thank see, you. What, see what law. I know mentioned Long and Foster and their internal MLS on how their agents are selling their businesses. And uh, Dave Knorr talks about that in that and um, a bunch of other good stuff. But anyways, let's get on to you. So talk to me about the nut, like, uh, first of all, what was your, what was your ECI last year, Nick, your ego commission income? <laughs> last year we were uh, 42 million. 42 million. What'd you, and what, so what'd you do? Like 1.2, 1.5. What was your total gross commission? I think we're going to end up a year about one, 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 two on our gross commission income. Okay. And then what's your profit margin? Profit margin is pretty standard. And keep in mind too, I'm not selling anymore. So for the last couple of years, I'm not You're out of the business, right right? You got a lot of things going on, but yeah, running the team. So I think we're profit margin is around 40%. So you you're you're pulling out 400 G's and then and then what's your role in the team? So I see my role is I do a lot of content creation for our team and the local media to help explain what's going on in the market. Uh, do a lot of radio and TV appearances and just to make sure I want our team to be our brand is that when you want to know what's going on in our market, uh, price per square foot, days on market, what the norms are that that we're seen as the experts in that in like the serious side of real estate, not the soup recipe and football schedule side of real estate. <laughs> yeah. The left brain side, right? Yeah. Left brain side. I like that. You know, there needs to be more of that. And um, it's too easy not to have that. And, and agents, I, that's what I always felt that agents didn't have that. And I mean, like, how do you not know, you know, this information? How do you not know how to do a market analysis that's mathematical? You right. know, like an appraiser, or how do you not understand, you know, when a house under appraises, how to read it, you know, or even read a contract, you know, all, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know, the basics, <laughs> the basics. So, okay, cool. I like that. So, and, and so describe your team to me. So right now the team we've got, I'm kind of the CEO and I still do a lot of business development because a lot of the clients I've got deep relationships with. And then we've got two residential agents, a buyer's agent and a showing agent. And we have a list, dedicated listing specialist. And then behind them, we've got a transaction coordinator and a listing coordinator, operations person. And then we have an inside sales agent who is just on the phone, checking in with past clients. We've got a huge database. That's something I'm a big fan of is, is really advocating for having a good database and really doing a good job staying in touch with that. That's the gift that I have for you. And I'll, we can talk about that more later. Oh, yeah. Um, great. So that's the structure of the team right now. Um, looking to add another buyer's agent, another commercial agent. You know, there's always room for inside sales. Um, I'd like to have an outside sales residential agent. So someone that is really not service provider, but more of a lead generator, sort of open houses and door knocking. I love that model. I think that works really well. That's kind of personally how I came up uh, in real estate. So maybe I'm a little biased, but I just did a ton of open houses and met the neighbors. And I think that there's a lot of value in doing that. And it's a if you're social, it's a simple way to meet a lot of people and talk real estate. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Why not, right? I mean, we we had a guy on the show. I, his name escapes me, but you know the funniest story ever. He just you know he got his license in the mail, or it may, may even got it via email, 
and uh, just walked off his regular salary job. And instead of going straight to the office, right, to get a desk or whatever, he just went and door knocked. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, how, how much, how better does it get than that? I mean, that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Okay, so, uh, you know, I want to talk to you about something because you mentioned it earlier, so I'm going to hit you with it. I used to ask a question, but then I stopped asking it because too many agents gave me a really poor answer, and, um, but, I, <laughs> but I think it's important, and I'm going to ask you. We, we used to, I used to ask, what is your LTI? And LTI stands for left to invest because a lot of agents, you know, they don't, like you say, they don't know their numbers. They don't know numbers at all. Yeah. And the language of business is numerical. Yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, if you, you know, do 1.1 and then you net profit 400, there's another equation. It's not all about that tax return. It's about what your LTI, which is left to invest. So you, you pull home, you know, say 35 a month. What are your monthly expenses and what do you have left to invest? And then what are you doing? What are you investing in and what is your ultimate goal there? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to give you a really good answer that I think will help. And I, I hope you share this, but I was talking to our, our main brokerage about this. And I said, I think everyone here is really underestimating how much money they need to make. And I think if you want to get ahead in life and be financially independent, which for me is the goal, and I define that as my passive income exceeds my passive expenses or my lifestyle expenses. I think you need to make about four times what you need to be comfortable. So for me, I spend about eight to $10,000 a month on all of my household, lifestyle, travel, everything, which is, I, if, if you ask me when I was low. 25, I'd say it's low now. Um, it's low. It's definitely low. Cause I, I, you know, I talk to people about this all the time. Yeah. So if, if my goal is to get ahead and be financially independent in a reasonable amount of time, I think you need to make about four times your comfort zone. So if it's 10 grand a month, you need to make 40,000 a month. And here's why half of that is going to go to expenses and then you're going to split part of it with the government. So I would say the way I look at it is about a quarter goes to your lifestyle expense. You're going to have a chunk of it go to your expenses and then you're going to have a chunk go to taxes. And so if you're doing it right, I think at the end of the day, you should have about a quarter of that left over. So if you make four times what you need to be comfortable, you should have about double what you need net. So if I'm at 10,000 a month, I'm making 20. I own a lot of real estate and I think it's good to start wherever you are. Start small, start big. I'm kind of moving into commercial real estate and I'm starting to trade my residential real estate for commercial. There's a lot of different reasons for it. I wouldn't suggest you start there. I think it's good to own a duplex and learn how to run it and operate it and deal with tenants and fix the toilet and do all of that stuff that people hate to do. But I'm interested in buying offices and retail centers now just because uh, it affords a lot more stability. And it's more expensive to get into, but uh, I think it affords more stability. I also own a lot of equities in the stock market. I have you know, a money manager that manages that. I max out my IRA and my 401k every year. I've just set up a health savings account. I max that out every year. And then I use tax credit, tax credit charity programs, which is becoming even more important now that the new tax code is limiting how much you can deduct of your state and local taxes. Uh, so I use that as a, as a strategy to give back to things that I care about, but it also gives you a tax benefit as Tell well. Tell me beyond. about that. So a tax, like a lot of states have uh, approved tax credit charities. So what it allows you to do is say, Let's say you think your state income tax is going to be $50,000. You can donate 
that $50,000 to a charity, and then you get a portion of it as a state tax credit, and then you can still kind of apply that as a federal deduction as a, as a donation or to a charity. So that basically it allows you to- you're limited, right? There's a limit on it, right? It depends on what state you're in and there's different programs. And I would say get on it early this year if you're thinking about doing it just because those programs are going to get maxed out sooner because of the so tax. It's a change in the programs because I always do it, but I always max out, you know, but, but I guess what you're saying is there's a, there's a change. Well, the changes in the federal tax code, which limits how much of your state and local income taxes you can write off to right. $10,000. So for folks like us in the real estate business who are top performers, you're going to, you're going to run out of, runway real quick. And so there's different strategies you can use. And obviously you got to consult with your own CPA about that. Yeah. But yeah. so I would say left to invest, I would say 25% of what I Good. Wrote. As long as there's something there, you know, a lot of what happened was a lot of people were like, well, I don't have, I spend everything. You know what, what are you talking about? So yeah, um, that's scary. <laughs> so I, I love, I love your strategy and good luck to you on that quest. And, and um, that's, that's kind of how I got out of the game was, you know, bought enough rentals so they paid my monthly expenses, and then, then, then that's it. That's the that's the mecca, right? And 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 even try to build on it from there. So, sure. okay, cool. So let's talk about buying and selling businesses, right? right? Buying and selling other real estate teams. You have a strategy for this. Tell me about the strategy. So I wrote a book called The Golden Handoff. It came out a couple of years ago, and if you've ever heard of a referral agreement, which I think we all have, then the strategy of how this works is going to be very familiar to you. So imagine instead of getting a referral for one client from one agent, that one agent referred you everyone they knew. So let's say they've got 400 past clients and they want to retire and you know, they've got some passive income. They're getting close to that financial independence and they don't know what to do with their business. So the way it works basically is a retiring agent finds what I call an adopting agent or someone who's growing their business and they connect and they do a referral agreement for everyone in that business so that that new agent is the one taking over and doing the marketing, making the calls, showing the houses, taking yep. the listings. Pretty and straightforward, right? It's pretty straightforward. I think the reason people don't do it is they think that, well, my clients love me so that once I retire, they'll still call me and I'll be able to refer stuff to my buddies at the office and I'll still make a little bit of money. The reality is all of our clients think that we're already retired if we don't talk to them. Yeah. And it doesn't, ha I can tell you firsthand, it doesn't, it doesn't happen as much. I mean, the amount I can count on one or two hands, the amount of referrals that I actually am able to send in, you know, to Mike Sloan, who, who bought my business. Unfortunately, and you had a huge business, it, right? Most people don't, aren't, aren't in touch with that many people and haven't had the volume that you had in your career. So you yeah, imagine an don't, average agent. Don't call or, or, you know, you see them out and you're like, and they're, and they're like, Oh, are you still in the business? And say, well, you know, Mike Sloan bought my business and, and um, he, he does a great job and, and let me have him call you and you can aggressively try to, to grab them and shift them over there to the referral, but it becomes more and more difficult. People just stop asking yeah. uh, as the years go. For me, it's been eight years. All right, guys, why waste thousands of dollars and countless hours on training that never touches on what matters most? How to make more money in real estate. For just $7, you can start a one-week trial at Rebus University today. 
And what that means is $13,000 worth of real estate courses on how to make more commissions will be available to you for a dollar a day. It's all you can eat. Go in there and take them all if you can. Only seven bucks. To start your seven-day all-access free trial, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. These courses are guaranteed to get you more listings, more leads, and more commissions. Futureofrealestatetraining.com or just text the word TRIAL to 444-999. That's T-R-I-A-L to 444-999. So let's talk about that. So what do you suggest, right? What do you suggest? Well, I think what I suggest is it's very similar to what you do if you're going to run a business, right? You can't just sit in your office by the phone and stare at it. You got to make calls. You got to go meet with people. You got to take appointments. And if you're going to retire and stop doing that proactive work, there has to be someone that's doing it. You can't just assume your clients are going to call you out of obligation in fact, a lot of people, when you say you're retired, they won't call you because they don't want to bother you because they think you're retired. Yeah, right. They don't, most clients don't understand how our business works or how we get paid. Even but to but you're actually suggesting, right, like you're advocating that agents out there listening to this aggressively go after. There was an agent, this is a funny story. There was a, a, I won't name names, but the agent's still in the business um, who did this. But there was an agent, there's a huge agent in our market, and um, she had a heart attack. And she was in the, uh, actually still in the hospital. And this guy called her and asked her, did she want to, you know, sell her business or refer her business to him? And yeah. she hung up on him. She was so pissed off um, because she, in her mind, she thought she had, you know, 10 years left in her or whatever. Um, right. So how do you, so are, are you advocating doing that? essentially, right? You're not, not necessarily <laughs> calling someone in the hospital who's, who's just had a heart attack, but you're advocating, you know, calling agents that are potentially of retirement age yeah. and trying to work out an agreement. Yeah. So I would never call someone who had a heart attack in the hospital unless it was a good friend and I wanted to make sure they yeah, were doing right. okay. You're bringing them flowers and a DVD or something. Right. So I think, you know, <laughs> a little class goes a long way there. That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> What I advocate is, is this, 99% of agents out there when they retire are going to just walk away from their business and get nothing for it. And it's worth a fortune. Mm -hmm. And the easiest sale you're going to make in your career is talking to someone who has no plan when they retire and asking them if they would be interested in getting referral income from their database, not having any expenses and getting a lot more from it, 10 times more from their business after they retire than they would if they just tried to wait for those couple of handful of referrals. And, you know, all of our clients already know other agents. They're going to pick someone. We're all replaceable. That's the humbling thing in this business. Um, you know, if, if I walk outside and get hit by a bus, my clients are all going to be just fine moving the next time. It might be a good experience, might be a bad experience. They're going to figure it out. Now, the thing is, we're all replaceable, but you can pick the person who replaces you and get a benefit for it. And most yeah. agents I guess don't you have know to that. tell them. I think what you're saying is you have to tell them, hey, listen, because of my systems, because of what I have in place, and because of what I'm willing to do, I am going to get more business out of your list than you do. 
And if you want to test the theory, just don't pick up the phone or email one back for a month and see what happens to your business. I mean, it would crater. And, and People don't realize that, but it's so true. Well, I think, you know, you look at all of the wisdom in real estate, right? All of the good coaching and guidance in real estate is all based on how to stay in touch. So build a database, how to stay in touch and provide value, and then how to provide good service. That's, that's really it. But those first two things are the most critical. If you don't know who your clients are and you don't stay in touch with them, unless, you're, unless your business is 100% prospecting, you're not going to have a business. And if you're doing just a prospecting business, the day you stop making calls is the day you stop making money. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I, have a, I have a referral business. The, we, do, we do pretty big numbers for Oregon and the majority of our business, 60, 70% is repeat and referral. And that happens because my team and I do a very good job of intentionally staying in touch and yeah. asking people what they need and how we can help them and, and asking for referrals. It goes away quick. I mean, other people will pick it up quick, you know? They say that the average person forgets who their realtor is in 17 days. It seems a little excessive, but, but I love the stat because it, it, it's shocking, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think Brian Buffini would probably tell you the same thing. You know, it's, <laughs> they do those interviews on the street, and, and most people never hear from their agent again. They don't remember who they were. Even if it was a good experience, that's the thing that's crazy, right, is – you know, they probably remember the bad agents more than the good ones. So even if you did a great job, you need to stay in touch more. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So then let, let's talk some, some numbers here. What do you recommend? So you're going, so you've done this before, right? Yeah, I've helped. Uh, at this point, we've helped six people and I'm in talks with a bunch more right now. Uh, now that the team's kind of ramped up, I can take on more clients. The, the referral agreement's really simple. Uh, the way I've structured it and the contracts uh, available, if you, if you sign up for my email list, I'll send you the contract and the scripts and the newsletter, the, the marketing letter and all of it. Awesome. Um, and I want to put that on, on, uh, in his show notes, which I'll mention at the end of the show, we'll put, we'll put out, we'll put all that, a link to his email and everything. So go ahead. Perfect. Thank you. And so it's a three-year deal and it's a 30% referral fee the first year, then 20%, then 10%. Year four, the adopting agent owns the business outright. The reason is that at that point, the business you're getting is coming from the work that that new agent's doing. And at the beginning, the value really is coming from the agent who has retired. I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, oh, just, do people negotiate that? Are they happy with it? I've never had anyone negotiate anything other than that. Okay. Now, it, if you had someone that said, hey, you know, I don't want to really retire, but I don't want to be doing open houses and I don't want to be taking calls at night and I don't want to do the transaction coordination anymore, but they want to do lead gen for you and stay in touch with people, sure, you know, set up a longer deal for as long as they want to stay invested in helping the team and the business, great. And that's, that's one of the things I've learned in presenting But if they this. give you a layoff in year three where they're like, boom, here's this lady, she's ready to, to list, you might give them 30 instead of 10. Yeah, and I think any new business is like involved. a new referral fee, just like you would give it to any agent. And I think that just makes good sense. You know, they obviously yeah. they have to keep a license. If they don't do there. anything, it's 30, 20, 10. And then what do, you, what do you guys do exactly? So take me through one of these six or take me through all these six. What does the, the system look like yeah. that you go into? So the system that I go into is we have, we go through the database together. We get notes on it. I integrate that database into my database. And then I ask the retiring agent to call their top people to let them know that I'm going to be taking over. And then they send out an email to their database, which I've already written for them. And we send out a letter. Now the letter comes from them. That's pretty important. We, we pack it and mail it, but it's on their letterhead so that the clients know it's coming from their agent. Otherwise, it looks like a marketing piece and gets thrown away. 
And it, the letter and the email say the same thing. Hey, I've decided to retire or I'm moving. I wanted to make sure you had someone you could call if you needed something. I've got this great agent that's going to be staying in touch and being your point of contact going forward if you need anything. And, you know, here's their information. And then after that goes out, then I call everyone, introduce myself and say, uh, the script is really simple. So let's say I took over your business. Yep. Hey, this is Nick Crowder with the Self-EDX team. And I promised Pat, I would give you a call and check in and see if you had any real estate questions or needs I could help with. That's it. That's the whole script. So again, keep in mind, like these people have gotten a call from that agent. They've gotten an email. They've gotten a letter that's saying, I'm going to call, right? It's like making a promise. It's a setup, you know, like, hey, Nick's right. going to call you. Nick's going to call, call, call you. Nick's going to call you. And it's signed by the retiring agent. Correct. Yeah. That's them talking to their clients. And, and at what then, period of time, again, do, does this happen within? If someone is getting out of the business entirely, it can happen all in one week. If someone wants to phase out and they're joining my team, that's kind of a new model. And I'm going to be writing a new chapter to the book, which I'll be sharing with people. It'll be done this year. I'm working on it right now. And I've been interviewing agents all over the country who are doing what I call a phase in or phase out or a partial handoff. And what that means is, so let's say, Pat, you, you brought your guy on to your team a couple of years before you retired. Yeah. That would, be, that would be someone phasing in. So they would slowly oh, take you. over more and more. Mm -hmm. and they learn the a business. Yeah. And let's say that you decided to fold your business into a bigger team yep. or an equal team. You would come in and work under their umbrella. They start taking more and more of the expenses. You're mm -hmm. doing less and less of the work. And like say two or three years later, you keep working with your core clients and then, and then you sunset and then they handle all of it. And then the mm -hmm. third strategy is let's say, gosh, you know, I don't want to really retire, but I only really want to work with my builder clients but I get all these other leads. It might be all the sign calls, all the web leads, all of that is going to go to the adopting agent. And then you're going to keep your top 10 clients and only work on those people. So okay. there's, those are some new strategies that aren't in the book that I think are really valid. And, and I'm talking to people who are doing all of these strategies about how they're dealing with the, you know, income expenses, responsibility, you know, and how they're dealing with the client, client care and management and all of that. Cause it's a, it, you know, it's, it's a more complicated thing, but it's, it's, People are doing it. It's very doable. I think it's a great strategy for bigger agents. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the original one. Let's just say they bail or they say, you know, yeah, okay, well, you know, I've got some deals. I'm going to let them run out. But in the meantime, take over. Here's my list, right? Yeah. Which it sounds like the majority of the six that you've done have been that way, right? They've been like, yeah, all of them have been that. Yeah, all they've of all them been. been so so the then what else? Like what other than that first 30 days where they're getting an email, a letter and a call. And I guess the call is just say, hey, good to meet you. Tell me about yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of people, uh, it's a really warm call. I mean, people are really happy that, I mean, because keep in mind, again, most agents just disappear, right? So let's say you're the last person that bought a house with that agent and then the roof leaks a year later and you call and the phone's disconnected. You're like, well, great. Now I got to find a roofer and I got to do this. So <laughs> It's nice to know that there's someone there. And I think the clients really, truly appreciate it. So after that initial handoff period, then they go into my system. So I treat them like one of my clients. They get our okay. newsletter. They get our, you know, we mail a newsletter quarterly. We email one monthly. But, imme but immediately the, the other agent's name drops off after 30 days. Yeah, we still reference them when we call. You reference during the call. And then how many times you call in, in, in that first 12 months, would you say? I would say there's that initial call, and then we call them twice a year. Twice a year, and then you, yeah. and then you make sure you, you reference that agent's name. And just following up, as I promised, and just chatting, how are things, right? Yeah, so and three I think times you know, it's, important, 
Yeah, and it's important when you're calling, I think that's, you need to be prepared to have a better conversation than just like, oh, thanks for calling. You know, you want to be prepared that they want something or need something and they want you to come over. And so I think it's really important, like we talked about earlier, to have some information about the market and some, some basic stats. You know, our inventory is X, days on market is X, our average home price is now at this number and that is at the highest level, it's coming down, it's going up. You know, understand the market a little bit so that you can give someone an overview. That'll establish that you're you know, a competent broker. And then your character is established because you made the call. I mean, if someone's been promised to get a call and you do it, you're immediately establishing that you have the character to do the follow-up. And if you have some information about the market or know a little bit about them from the notes, you're establishing that you're also competent. And those are the two things I think you want to be able to establish as quickly as possible. That's why referrals work so great, right? It's because someone else is telling that client that you are, you know, have good character and you're competent. And you don't have to try to prove it. You just start at, let's see how we can work together and how I can help you. You don't have to sell yourself. That's why referrals to me are so great. Yeah. No, I love it, dude. I love it. Okay. So that's pretty much straightforward and I like it, right? 30, 20, 10, but you're going in and you're saying, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to basically follow up on your people better than you have ever done. And very few <laughs> agents out there, you know, will call their people three times a year and, and mail them a monthly newsletter and do all this all at once, right? So they're going to feel confident giving it to Nick versus giving it to maybe someone in their office, right? At the, yeah. another brokerage. And I mean, are these six, have, have they been from other brokerages or have they been from, you know, tell me about that. So when I started out, you know, I didn't, I didn't have this as a business plan until I started doing it. It kind of happened on the fly during the recession. Uh, agents started leaving our office to go uh, get salary jobs. And they all had decent businesses. You know, some of them were really good producers, uh, left for personal reasons, you know, just working too much, things like that, wanted to have a change in lifestyle and family. So I started helping out agents in my office and, and word got out that it was working and I was sending a lot of referral fees back. And so more agents would come to me when they wanted to get out. Um, but the, one of the best deals we did was for uh, a gentleman who's in the book who he basically was going to leave town for a year or two. He wasn't sure how long to work on a movie project. He knew working 15, 20 hour days, there was no way he was going to be able to do any real estate business. And he was leaving town. He went out of state and he worked at a different brokerage and the brokerage had told him, well, Hey, if someone calls you, just refer him to someone at the brokerage. And he said, well, I, I want something a little bit more proactive than that. Cause I want to come back to this business one day and I want to make sure there's something there. And we had the same home inspector and that's how I found out he was leaving town. And mm. I called him and him and his wife uh, who worked together, we sat down and I explained, you know, that I would basically jump into his shoes. I would treat his clients like my clients and we would, you know, be very proactive and no one else had really offered that. It was just kind of, it was all, if you have something to give me, I'll help you, but not, I'm going to work for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> This model requires work and real estate requires work and success requires work. You have to show up, make calls, meet people, do the deals. You know, that all takes time and energy. And so he was at a different brokerage. So basically we moved his license over because they wanted to continue to charge him a full desk fee just on referral income, which didn't make any sense. So we basically folded him into the brokerage, worked out a deal where it was, uh, he got a pretty healthy discount off a full desk fee because he wasn't selling. And he wasn't even there. He didn't need a desk. He didn't need anything. And that deal, we did as much business with that database the year he was gone as he did the year before himself. So wow. just let that sink in. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that I can 
guarantee I'm going to do better than someone. But I think if you do this well, and there's a consistent, you know, you don't have a big gap from when someone leaves and when you start, I think you can get pretty similar results than they were getting. Plenty of people make a decent living selling real estate, but how many manage to make millions to become a millionaire? Imagine how much more profitable your business would be if you had the chance to learn from someone who actually made their millions selling real estate. Rebus University instructors know what it takes to build a highly successful, highly lucrative real estate business because they've done exactly that. These self-made real estate millionaires spent years in the trenches identifying exactly what works in today's markets. And that's exactly what they teach. Right now, we're running a seven-day trial on Rebus University's all-access package. For just $7, you can get access to every course. Every millionaire real estate instructor, there's over 40 of them, 40 millionaire real estate instructors that Rebus University has to offer. You have access to all of them. To start your seven-day free trial for only seven bucks, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com or text TRIAL, T-R-I-A-L, to 444-999. That's TRIAL to 444-999. And, and yeah, and a 30% referral fee. I mean, after expenses and broker cuts and, and all that crap that comes out of, well, you know, I mean, you're at 40. Oh, yeah. So, so... So for him to get 30 is a, and not have to do a lick of work, right. Yeah. Is, is great. Right. I mean, he made a, he made a bunch of money, right? Yeah. I mean, he made, he netted 50 grand. We grossed about 160. That's awesome. Yeah. So he netted 50 grand and he might've netted maybe 60, 70, 80 on his own, but, but working like you said, 12 hours a day. So, yeah. you know, that is a, a smoking deal and probably, uh, you know, for him too to go on and work as a, you know, to to do his project, his dream. I mean, it's a great deal. So, and it probably helps too that you've done a couple of them because you could go to people now and be like, "Look, we've done. I've done this for six agents. Here's how we do it." Sure. It, and even if an agent listening is going to go do their first, if you have a system in place, right, where you could show them the map of how you're going to do it, right. You know, you're going to be so much more successful in getting them to agree to it. And there's always agents that are, are retiring or agents that are getting out of business. Now, something interesting that's happening now is some of these companies, Rheology, you know, like Berkshire Hathaway, Prudential, uh, Compass is a big one, buying market share. So they're actually buying active agents businesses, but then want the agent to stay active in the business. Sure. Right. At a certain commission split and at, um, and, and I guess with a promise maybe, or sort of a promise of, of using their mortgage and title and, and that sort of thing. So talk to me about this. What do you know about this? What are people getting? What are you seeing on the streets? So I have a couple of friends that are, you know, they've structured their, their small boutique brokerages to be very viable to a rheology or compass or a company like that. And I've heard a lot of different numbers on how they're valued and and what those deals look like. I haven't personally done one, so I can't speak from experience on that. But I think, 
you know, there's just billions of dollars in real estate and technology right now. It's a really, uh, you know, investors are very bullish on that. Uh, as a, you know, there's a ton of money in real estate and it's not as advanced technologically as a lot of other things. We've seen some technology things just do huge leaps and bounds like Airbnb is a, you know, great example of, you know, they got into the real estate space and they do more rentals than anyone else and they don't own anything. I mean, it's a brilliant idea. And it creates the opportunity for mom and pops everywhere to create their own little businesses doing vacation rentals that wasn't available before. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to continue to be a lot of disruption in that space. I think that the direct buyer model, which is being tested out in Arizona and some other states right now uh, by a couple companies. Talk to me about that. So the direct buyer model is basically, broadly speaking, say like Zillow says, hey, I'll, I'll buy your house for Right. You know, so the I buyer sort of thing where they'll just buy your, I'll buy your house for cash. Yeah. But it's like, it's taking that kind of like the guy that like has the signs tacked to a telephone pole and, and turn it into a really big business and, and systematizing it online. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I think there's a lot of people and there's a cultural change to convenience and people are willing to leave a lot of money on the table to make life easy. I mean, you think of how many people have their groceries delivered or will have, you know, pay someone, $20 to pick up a $5 order at Taco Bell and take it to their house because they don't want to drive down there and get it. None of those things, I would say, make sense financially, but people do it because of the convenience and the ease. Convenience, and that's what's happening. Like Some of these agents are, you know, Compass is calling them and being like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hundred grand. And an agent will probably not see. And unfortunately, most agents have, you know, decent cash flow because of commissions, but they don't have, but they spend it all. Like we were talking about before, right. you know, after paying taxes and expenses and upgrading their, their deck and whatever else in their backyard. Next thing you know, they're, you know, they're back to square one. So for a company to come to them and there's been some bombastic ones, you know, I know a couple of people we've had on the show um, have gotten millions to millions to come over, right. And plop their license, just buying market share. Yeah. Several people that have been on this show, not to mention other small uh, people, you know, getting less than that, but still large chunks all at once. And I think agents, you're not going to see a hundred thousand dollar check unless you, you know, sell a ten million dollar house or something. So, right. so to them, it's like uh, happy days, right? So it, it sure. makes sense. It's guaranteed, and it's you you know, and it's because uh, no one knows the future, right? Sure. Uh, so I guess the the corporations are more confident about the future of what they can do with this agent's business than uh, the agent him or herself is. And that leads back to your model, right? Uh, are they, do you think they're doing this because they're like, hey, you're going to come over here, but you're going to put all of your clients and contacts and everything in our database. We're going to have access to it. So if you die or you leave, Right? right, we can work it exactly like Nick works it, and turn it into something of value, even though we've already paid you this fat amount. Do you think that's why they're doing that? Well, I think publicly traded tech companies are not necessarily valued based on profitability, but they're valued on growth. And so, I think it's very hard to compete with, say, a publicly traded real estate company that's whole business model and how they're judged on wall street is based on how fast they're growing how much market share they have and then i don't i can't speak to their specific deals but you know you have those those companies 
they don't necessarily have to have each of those deals be profitable. They just have to show that they're growing. That's the story of what drives their stock prices uh, and drives value for their investors. The, yeah, just, I get that. But they would be stupid to take the agent and not take control of that agent's leads just in case. You know what I mean? Especially if you're going to put out a big chunk of cash. I think you know a lot of the progressive brokerages are really getting tuned into the idea that the real value we all have is the relationships we have to the people in a database. And that's really, that's what you have. Our business is relationships and our business is trust. And the way you prove that is how many people do you have in your database that listen to you and respond to you when you communicate with them? That's really, if you want to get it down to like the simplest terms is how many people trust you and would, you know, come back and work with you. I look at that as, you know, what is your percentage of repeat and referral business that's a sign of your trust level with your clients and how good you're doing staying in touch with them. And if I could go back and change one thing uh, from when I started, it would be to put everyone in the database. I was great at meeting people and getting their information. I would do lots of open houses. I would meet tons of people. But you know, when you're a new agent, who do you follow up with on Monday? Well, you don't follow up with 30 people. You follow up with the three people that sound like they really want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good plan for staying in touch with the people who aren't ready right now, you can have a huge business in the future as opposed to just a good business right now. It yep. just takes a little bit of more time and planning. And that's where most people in every sales business and especially in real estate really drop the ball. And, and then now look at what, what is, you know, Compass is not going to pay you because you have a lot of friends. They're going to pay you because you have a database of people that you've worked with and you have all their information and you can show that you've stayed in touch with them. I mean, that's right. the value. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. Well, the, the, yeah, we could talk about this all day, Nick. This has been a blast. <laughs> um, okay. So, guys, what I'm going to do is uh, Nick's brought a free gift, as he's mentioned. We're going to talk about it, but I'm going to put it on hybendigital.com backslash Nick Crowder. And it's K-R-A-U-T-T-E-R. That's K-R-A-U-T-T-E-R, like sauerkraut. Um, <laughs> Nick Crowder and the number two, because he did come on once before. Nick Crowder, number two, hybendigital.com backslash Nick Crowder, two. What are you going to give us uh, today, Nick? So I was asked to, to uh, put together a thing for a presentation I did for a bunch of new agents, and I thought uh, it's still valid. Uh, it's kind of three tips for success, and we just kind of touched on it. Number one, put everyone you know in your database. Um, there's lots of great tools uh, for your phone and your computer that can aggregate all that information. Grab everyone out of all your different social media, your phone, everything. Put them in one database so you know who your sphere is and you can talk to them. And the second thing is provide value. So if you're going to have all these people in a database, you need to consistently communicate with them and you need to talk about things that matter. And if you're in real estate, I think you should be talking about real estate. It's still totally fine to have a personality and talk about your life. I always put that in there so people know what's going on with me in, in my life. Uh, so I'm not just a sales guy. I'm a human being just like them. And I would encourage everyone to talk to an agent they admire and ask them, what's your plan when you retire? You're going to find out that nine times out of 10, people have no plan. And it might be, it's just all phase out and send referrals. And if you can just simply explain that there's a better way for them to make more money and to take care of their clients, I think you can grow your business exponentially. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to put that, that's all in writing there and you're going to put it right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's a little um, one sheet there, and um, there's a link to all my contact information and uh, the book and all that if you're interested in looking at that. 
And, but those are some, you know, those are tips I give to all, all the people I know that are getting started or feel like maybe they're stuck and they're, they're not growing. It's probably because they're forgetting people or they're not staying in touch with them as well as they could. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'm going to put that. And I'm also going to put Nick's email and put links to his website. If you guys want to check out what he has to offer as far as uh, helping other agents do what he does, it'll all be on there. The links will be on there. And uh, Nick, this has been a blast. I really appreciate you coming back. And uh, I wish the best of luck. If I'm ever in Portland, Oregon, brother, we will uh, get together and break some bread. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. And if I'm down in your neck of the woods, I'll also reach out. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.